We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue Wire. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am here as always with the illustrious, I might have used that one before, Rohan Kadi. We are here to talk about a lot of updates on the NBA 2020-21 season that obviously will impact the Bucks in a very big way, as they will every team. And then we're going to talk about some Bucks trade stuff and some Bucks news as well. We finally got a little bit of news this past weekend. But first, Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing okay. I'm not sure if you've used illustrious or not, but nevertheless, I appreciate it. It's, it's good. I appreciate your appreciation. Uh, oh, and we're also, Rohan's very worried because I said we're going to talk about Monte Ellis, but I didn't explain how. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm currently on the edge of my seat. I'm very scared. <laughs> You're going to be there. That's the second half of the pod thing. Also, we're going to talk about mixed drinks. That's going to be our food topic of the week. So well, that'll be on the back half as well. A loaded pod this week. Um, I'm super excited though. Let's let's just get right into it. The, yes. So we got news. Um, we got news that honestly, like I thought this was ludicrous when it was first proposed, but I am starting to think this is going to be actually what happens now. 
So I think for a while we thought the next season could start as late as March because the NBA was trying to wait out this whole COVID thing. Uh, wear your masks, people. But um, obviously, uh, obviously, it now the NBA I think now realizes like it's going to be a lot more impactful for a longer time than it had previously thought. Things are not exactly going well right now at the nation or, of course, in Wisconsin. Please wear a mask. Um, so now the league kind of changed its mind. So for a while we heard like around Martin Luther King Jr. Day in January would be the start of the league, which I was like, okay, that's I'm not that long of a wait. I have no problem with that. That sounds like a good it turnaround. It seemed reasonable. It seemed, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good compromise between like wanting to not wanting to rush it too much, but also like you can start it then maybe have a shorter season, maybe do more regional travel, a more regional schedule and get back on track for the typical schedule, which I I don't know if we've debated this on here. I like the way the NBA league calendar is in a normal year. I do not want a December to August. I like having the second half of my summer mostly off. I mean, there's still off season stuff, but I don't want games all summer. I am opposed to it. I like the way it works now. So do players and coaches and league people mostly. Um, plus, there's less conflict with football, which is good. I mean, we all heard the ratings, horror stories I don't care about. But where do you come in on moving the schedule or not? I mean, I think I think getting back to like almost a sense of normalcy, like you said, is good. Like The league schedule as it works, it, it, it works pretty well. You get, yeah. uh, you don't, you don't really conflict with a lot of other sports. It's just NBA has its time, and then uh, when sports have like really died down, like over the summer, or it's just baseball, you uh, can capitalize on headlines in terms of like draft, free agency, stuff like that. I think it works really well. So moving it up as soon as they're trying to move it up is, I think, I think it's a good idea for the league. I'm just trying to figure out how practical it's going to be. Yeah. So let's get to that now. Um, and like I mentioned, uh, well, actually, let's explain it first. So now. The new date is December 22nd is what's being thrown around. And I think this was – this. there's a bunch of people reported on this, the usual uh, Woj, Shams. I think now Mark Stein weighed in in his newsletter today. Um, this comes from the NBA Board of Governors, a.k.a. like the owners and the league office. Um, this is very much what they want to do. So the season would start – regular season games start December 22nd. So I assume everybody playing on Christmas would get like one tune-up game before. Christmas. I know Christmas is the big deal here. The draft would still happen as it's been planned November 18th. The only thing that's been set in stone so far. Yes, I was going to say, that's the one that for a while now, after it got pushed back a few times, that's the one where it's like we're going to build around that. Like We have that firmly set. We cannot push it back anymore. Um, So the draft will be November 18th. I've heard talk free agency would either be like two days after the draft or even potentially reversing it and doing free agency first. I don't know. I think that's... Mark Stein said today that the 20th or the 21st is when they're thinking about starting. That's what yeah. teams have been told. So right, like, like right two after to three the days draft. After. That's so insane. Like three I mean, they're... weeks to a month from now. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, so... I, I, there was like mention of it being of it flipping it this year. I don't think there's even going to be time for that. Honestly, there's maybe, not. Um, probably not. I mean, we've we talked about this before the pod. There are some rumors or reports that like deals are being verbally agreed to now. I think in theory, maybe, but until the numbers are what we need, we need the salary cap. Uh, we'll get to the salary cap stuff in a second. But you kind of broached the topic already. This seems a little reckless 
of a quick turnaround from the end of last the end of the bubble basically to playing two regular season. It was three weeks ago only. I think two. Oh my god, <laughs> that's insane! Twenty twenty, just give us all a break, was please. Was it not two weeks ago? It might I'm have been. Look it up. NBA Finals Game Six. Um, but whenever it was, uh, oh yeah, it was ten eleven. So it was sixteen days ago. <laughs> two weeks and two days ago. Um, so sixteen days as we record, seventeen days as you are listening to this, the NBA finished, and then yeah, just several weeks from now. How many weeks did you say? Like eight? No, more than that to the season. Two less than two months though until mm-hmm. the season starts. It's around so, eight to nine weeks. Yeah. So what is that? Like two and a half months, basically, from the finals, we'd be to the next season. Yeah, essentially. Less, maybe less. less I think. It, yeah, just, yeah, around there. Two and a half, two months ish. Two months and eleven days, or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's a very quick turnaround. And honestly, uh, there, it's this has been divided. Uh, the reaction to the timetable in itself. I heard on the low post with Bobby Marks. That was an interesting listen. That. No one, like no front office personnel is at all excited about that. Like they think it's pretty ridiculous. The owners want it. Oh, I should mention there's a huge financial stake. That's they why said I think- around $500 million between starting at the December 22nd date and later, which that figured, I'm not really sure how that's calculated <laughs> or anything. I've got to imagine Christmas is a big part of it. I know the TV partners. Can Christmas be that big though? I mean, there's no bigger NBA game broadcast before probably past the first round of the playoffs in a normal year. Yeah. I mean, it is the marquee night. Yeah, the NBA, they have Christmas and they have Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Well, yeah, which not enough people know about. I think the NBA could do a better job of of, uh, advertising that that there's also a slate that day, but I digress. But Christmas is the the big one. I mean, Christmas is the crazy ratings one. They always compare Europe. The ratings fascination. I'm just so sick of it. Um, But regardless, no one cares what I think. Well, I guess some. I guess if you're listening, you might. But I'm tired of hearing about ratings. Um, Ratings are down all over. But so yeah, there's across yeah every sport, everything really like cable TV too, uh, like the shows. Whatever shows are still on, probably not very many good ones. Um, R.I.P. Game of Thrones just went down. And, uh, I, I, that's, I've brought this up multiple times. <laughs> I, this yeah, is, this is Us is apparently good. Yeah, I've heard that. It seems very emotional. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, know if I'm it's, up to it this year. Oh, that's not my type of show. Yeah, cool guy Rohan. Too no, cool for it. No, it's just like I don't know how I would handle it. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, same here. Same here. I, yeah. Okay. Let let no more no more peak TV talk. Um, we have so many things to talk about, but the financial implication, uh, however that the math works out, I will just assume those numbers are fairly accurate. Um, I think. I mean, just look, waves hands at the bubble. The, the league will do what it takes to remain financially viable. And I think now, if that's really how the numbers work, I think that's what we're going to see happen, which on the one hand, like super exciting to have basketball back a month sooner. Um, Lord knows with everything going on that, you know, the the joy of taking in a basketball game at night can really, really help uh, bring the old day together. I do think it's a little bit tight of a turnaround. And I know some players have said this, like Jared Dudley, Danny Green said LeBron might take the first month off. Didn't Jared re- Dudley say that he's in favor of it, though? I, I probably. Mis- probably. Jared Dudley loves to play both sides. 
I get the money, but LeBron is going to take a month off. It's like a very Jared Dudley. Jared I Dudley. Think that's exactly what he said. I'm sure it is. Jared Dudley is very high, very ready to be hired by anybody the second his career. Like Jared Dudley is not going to offend you unless you're Carmelo. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> Jared Dudley is not taking shots. Um, I see where the players are coming from, though, is where I've been ambling toward this whole time. Like, that is an extremely fast turnaround, especially for the teams. In the, I mean, the, the difficult thing, right, is the non-bubble teams, they're probably itching to play. I mean, they've been doing nothing. The bubble teams, though, especially because we saw so many, like, injuries in the bubble, that's tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think, like, the, the counterpoint to that is just, like, how long was the bubble? Two months? Um, three months? Yeah, I think two. Two months? So that... Like this is an an off season for a two month season. Yeah, I mean it's fair. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that, but I'm saying that's where the logic would come from. I think because you had like a typical off season, quote unquote, between like the shutdown and the restart, and now this is a uh, a scaled off season for what amounted to a two month season, and that was only for like half the teams. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's a good point. I don't think it's untenable. Um, the, the earlier start, like, I don't think it's going to totally ruin the season. Um, you might see the, you might see the month off thing, like, especially with like Miami and, uh, the Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah. I I don't think, I don't think you'll see like a solid month straight of DMPs. No, you'll see like one game every like week. Yeah. A couple days. And honestly, like fine. That's fine. That's what it takes. Yeah, exactly. If that's what it takes, that's okay. And I'm sure the league's okay with that. I'm sure their respective teams are okay with that. Just prioritizing player health while also getting the season starting. I think that's a happy medium. Yeah. Just like don't penalize uh, players and teams for having DNP rests anymore. I was just going to say, you're going to have to not enforce the, the, uh, what load management fine rules or whatever this season. Like let, let everyone manage their loads indiscriminately. Uh, There should be load (laughs) managing left and right. Yes. But no, I think, I think the one good thing about, all of this for the NBA is I think it's very obvious that both sides, the players and the owners have come to the realization that like they just need to figure out how to play no matter what, in any circumstances. I think there were times in the NBA where, I mean, there was no pandemic and no anything else and no weird schedules and no everything gets thrown off. And they were like unable to come to any agreement on the CBA and, you know, had these terrible lockouts and work stoppages and things got really ugly. I do think it's positive. Shout that, out David Stern. Shout out David Stern, baby. I mean, RIP. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and also that both yeah. shout out and RIP um, respectfully. Um, yes. <laughs> respectfully. My, my bad. <laughs> so respectfully. Um, but, but no, it's good to see the two sides like, they come together and figure out how to play every time. And I think this is not going to be an exception. I think the players more than ever are very cognizant of like, and I think it helps that, I mean, those past things got the players to their more equal revenue split, which makes this a lot easier to stomach, I think for, for them, but it's they're both the players on an equal like, playing field. So yeah, yeah, no, totally. And like everyone realizes like you, both sides lose the most if there's no game. So both sides want yeah. games. So we're going to get games. Like the play, the players want their money too. Yeah, definitely, especially especially now, um, and the owners do too. Some of the owners are like barely getting by. So like Tillman Fertitta was probably like, <laughs> "Let's start today. I'll call James. James will call the other guys. Let's get going. We don't can need we a coach. Get like a, can we get like a rec league going? We'll fly the ESPN crews down there. 
He's going to have Houston playing in the crappy arenas that Sterling used for practice for like their games. Oh my God. He's going to be calling, calling every gym in the area. Is the cousin center still open? Or did Giannis I, think they, buy it? I thought they demolished it. Did they? I th- uh, maybe, no, maybe I'm wrong about that. He wanted to buy it, but the, the bucks were like, please don't <laughs> please use your money better. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Tillman for is lining up. Oh yeah, he, he'll, is there, he's is there out anyone there else coaching. Is, you know, go ahead. Is no, is there any other owner in that situation, or is it just him? That's more most known. Um, there's probably others. I think. Oh, there's one. Oh, the Pacers owner. I think is movie theaters. Oh yes. So that's been tough. I am I am I completely wrong on that? Maybe it I'll was some it. industry um, that he's heavy in that is like really impacting or really negatively impact impacted right now um but i don't remember no, uh herb simon is real estate real estate oh okay oh oh shopping malls though oh yes. that's what it is yep. shopping malls so not movie theaters shopping malls um but he's still worth oh as of 2018 worth 3.2 billion so probably surviving yeah i think he's okay yeah he'll 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 make it through poor him though Ten poor kids. poor him yeah i saw that too on the wikipedia <laughs> No comment. Um, let's get to the cap. Okay. Do you have any more thoughts on the early start? I think it's I think it's feasible, but they have to get stuff in motion right now. Yeah. Like if we're you're doing fight. if you're doing stuff like this quick of a turnaround, you have to have things set in place by the end of this week. Exactly. Yeah. This week we need the cap and the luxury tax. Um, and basically, and the you need dates. your plan for the off season as soon as possible. Otherwise, and, it's and not going to work. Like exactly. Need, uh, you need your idea. plan for everything in the next like three days. Yeah, much no pressure, but <laughs> well, if um, to be fair, if they are proposing that date, I'm sure they have something in place. I'd yeah. hope they have something planned. Yeah, they, I mean they're they're really kind of going on the fly right now, but uh, yeah, it's not like they didn't start today. Like they they've been working on this for a few days now. Um, yeah, we need to find out like what the next season's going to look like schedule wise, and I think. Probably wait to dive in on where that. Where are the Raptors playing? <laughs> yeah, where are the Raptors playing is a pretty big one too. Um, that's that's been so fun. They to can't watch. play. They can't play in Canada. The Canada is like not taking us in right now. I totally get it. Um, yeah, that's I fair. support the decision. I that's support fair. the decision. I would do the same. Um, it's been so fun to watch Raptors Twitter. Like very clearly, very hurt that they have to. And I get it. I would be too. But like, they've been so like snotty about all the proposed places. Like, you're looking for a temper. Like, be generous. Don't don't knock Kansas City. You need Kansas City right now. Yeah. Raptors Twitter. Yeah, I get the Louisville thing, but like, come on, Kansas City should be fine. Louisville, Louisville really wants a team. I, you know what? Give Louisville a practice shot. Give Louisville, Louisville a has some issues. <laughs> Fair. Fair. That's a, okay. That's a, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I I don't disagree. Um, the cap. So that's the other big thing uh, I want to talk about NBA wise. What the cap is going to do, uh, of course, would, goes without saying, has massive implications for the Bucks. Luckily, everything that I've seen from reputable sources, I think it's probably going to end up around the same amount. I know you've been reading similar stuff. Um, that's. It's not great. Like, it's not optimal. You you hope it goes pretty much up every year. And I guess I, I think by staying at the same around the level they expected for this year, although I've seen some people say what it was this last year, 
but I don't think it's going to drop. And that would be the disaster scenario for the Bucks. And for like it would be worse on like the Warriors and the Rockets and, and Philly and some other teams. It wouldn't drop by let me I'll say this. It wouldn't drop by a significant amount. No. I, I think it'll at least hang around where it is now. Yes. I'd say um, it'll remain within like a million, two million. So the number is one hundred and nine million, right? I believe I so. That's the uh, number the, I've seen. Yes. So here's the thing. Um the Bucks can work with that number. It's not great. So between Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and Dante DiVincenzo, Bucks are already on the hook for $102.5 million, and that does not include DJ Wilson, Robin Lopez's player option, Ersan Ilyasova's non-guaranteed year, whatever happens with Wes Matthews, and of course Tanasis, who you can pretty much pencil in there as another $1.7 million. So really, between the... Uh, six guys I mentioned earlier in Tanasis, they're at about 1. 1.4, 1.4.5 million. Cap at 1.9. So that's not the luxury tax mark. We don't know what the luxury tax mark is going to be, which is important, very important for a lot of reasons for these Milwaukee Bucks. Um, we don't know that yet. That's almost the more important number, but Bucks are for sure going to be over the cap unless it's it dramatically higher than we think. The tax is different, though, so it'll be really interesting to see what that number is and how the Bucks act when they find out in response to that. Yeah, it's. I don't know what was the current cap. Was it? Uh, sorry, the luxury tax was it like a hundred and thirty? It was thirty something. I thought. Yes, I believe it was like thirty-four. I'm yeah. just saying that off the top of my head, but that sounds right. So I'd imagine if they're keeping the salary cap the same, they've got to be keeping the luxury tax the same, right? So this season, I believe it was 132.6 million. Okay. It was projected to be around 139 million for this next season. So it's, I think it's. I agree with you. I think if I think if the cap remains, they would probably keep that luxury tax, but they could push the tax to try and help out teams a little bit. It's kind of everything I feel like is in play right now. Yeah. I just I can't see a world in which they keep the salary cap the same, but then just completely destroy the luxury tax threshold. Yeah, because I don't really I don't really know what that accomplishes. I mean, there's some there's some cap implications if to anything, being. anything, it like it would benefit the league in terms of actual revenue sharing, because isn't that what luxury tax payments go for? Yeah, so like the teams who don't pay tax get paid basically. Yes. So the so, Hawks are like, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> the Pistons are like, you don't have to. Don't move it at all. We all, we have our numbers. We're fine. Yeah. So if they actually cut it, that would that would have more teams paying the tax, which I don't know what that really gets into, but I don't know. It's just, I, I again, I can't really see them changing it. Yeah. I would imagine it ends up in around, somewhere between 132 and 139. Maybe probably maybe closer to 132. Maybe it might be 130. Yeah. Um, so here's why that really matters for the Bucks. And I know people are probably like rolling their eyes right now and like, well, duh. You know, there's questions about ownership's willingness to spend. They had to come out and affirm they would spend with a reigning in his prime two-time MVP, which you probably shouldn't have to say it. It probably probably should just, just be do assumed. It. That's good. Yeah. Nike baby, Giannis's <laughs> main sponsor. Um, but so that's, that's disrespect obvious. to TCL. I'm so sorry, and and the Greek Airlines. Oh, oh excuse yeah. me. Um, 
<laughs> that video was amazing. It really, I, I love Giannis. Um, but so that that's that's one reason. I mean, it's like obviously it costs the owners more the more they spend over the tax. But there's an actual strategic reason to it as well. So the MLE that always gets talked about, the mid-level exception. Let's let's put on our cap expert hats for a second. That is a contract you can give if you are over the cap. And there's actually one if you're under the cap too that's somewhat less useful. But we're going to ignore that. The Bucks are going to be over the cap no matter what, as previously decided. So that's the mid-level exception. There's also the taxpayer's mid-level exception. That is much smaller. I think the MLE is nine point something, while the taxpayer MLE is like five point something. And again, I would look it up, but we won't know until we know the numbers. But suffice it to say, like half the size. And you can only use the taxpayer MLE if you're going to be above the luxury tax apron, which is yet another number a little bit above the luxury tax. So if the Bucks, assuming they sign someone to an MLE, they would like to end in the sweet spot between probably a tax-paying team, but under the apron to ensure that they can use that bigger MLE and thus add a much better player, a more impactful player. I mean, there's like, let's use uh, Gallinari as an example. He's someone, I mean, he basically posted to his Twitter, like, I'm out of OKC, <laughs> who, who am I going to play for? Which is amazing. Like he had a Photoshop jersey of a question mark uh, for a gray jersey. It's just like, where am I? What's my next chapter or something to that extent? Do you know what Bill Simmons always says about Danilo Gallinari? What does he say? That he's, I, I don't know. So, because he's Italian. This is this is Bill Simmons' impression of like what Italian people are like. I'm going to have to bust out the bleep button. Simmons, I was like, he's got a little, you know, he's got a little fuck you in it. I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> I guess that's 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 Bill Simmons' interpretation, and and he always prefaces it. I can say this because I'm Italian. It's like, okay, Bill. That's <laughs> sure, I guess that's sure. Italian people in the world yeah, of Bill. He's Simmons. also said that about Giannis in the past. So, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> so, just a, I, Giannis is not Italian. No, um, I, I don't think he is. But uh, if he was, it might help with Gallo. But Gallo is an example. Um, I think he might be willing to sign with a contender for the full MLE. Um, which is still like a pay cut. Like Danilo Gallinari is like definitely a double digits millions kind of player. I think player. he also said that he prioritizes winning over money. He did. He did. But I think to an extent, I don't think he's going to take vet men. Oh, um, of course not. Like there will be contenders, uh, probably the Lakers, who can offer him the full MLE. If the Bucks end up not being able to use it because they're too close to the apron, then suddenly you can only offer him like $5 million that way. I find it hard to believe you get unless we do like one of the sign and trades we talked about with the uncontested boys. Go listen to that OKC Thunder pod, by the way. We covered so many trades on that pod. Um, but like signing him outright, I don't think it's going to work if you don't have the full MLE. I think actually, though, the questionable spending veracity of the Bucks owners might actually play into the hands of good basketball here. Because if you use the MLE, you cannot for any reason go in go above the apron. So basically, like you just they sign someone with the MLE, and then anything else, like they have justifiable CBA reasons to be like, nope, we gotta save some dollars here. Can't go above the apron. We hate the oh, we're so mad. We're so mad. We can't oh, spend anymore. That makes anymore. me so upset. I I think that's the obvious play for for the Bucks. That's so oh, okay. I. T- Oh, <laughs> like day one, day one. Oh, just man, sign someone to the ML. Just use the MLE. Sorry, guys. 
If they did that, like I'll help you pack your bags, Giannis. Oh well, no, 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 no not necessarily. It, it could be. It's. I think it's the right move too. I, I really. I think using the MLE is better than not using it to spend more overall. But okay, not I day one. Say, oh yeah, I mean okay, yes. <laughs> if the first second of free agents, then just like whoever is signed to the MLE, that would be bad. I agree with yes, you. Yes, no, that, but that, if you can bad. actually do it in a way. Like after exhausting your maneuverability in terms of like trades, on trade stuff like that, then sure. And I will say, and I I used questionable on purpose. I'm not out on Bucks ownership. Are you? The, <laughs> I, I'm. I, here's a positive conspiracy theorist. Oh, tie. okay, okay. Positive energy conspiracy I like theorist. Positive energy. Let's get more positive energy. The Chris Paul thing that we railed against, and I somewhat rightfully so. What if this was in mind the whole time? What do you like, mean? Like prioritizing staying under the apron to use the MLE and retain that flexibility. And that's the reason that financially Chris Paul doesn't make sense because you're always gaining a lot of team salary and trading for Chris Paul. Like if you gain $10 million in a Chris Paul trade and then do some other business, it's going to be really probably pretty difficult to stay under the apron unless you make some other really cost-saving moves. Okay. Okay. So acquire a cheaper player and use the MLE versus get Chris Paul and get the smaller MLE. And I, I haven't ran the exact numbers. Maybe you could do both. But most Chris Paul trades, they take back quite a bit of salary. In addition to being expensive, it does get you closer to that apron. Yeah, but you also get Chris Paul. <laughs> true. Totally true. Absolutely true. I have said before, you might be one year too late to get Chris Paul. That's fair, but it's like if you get Chris Paul plus having at least uh, some flexibility with the taxpayer mid-level, maybe yeah. you get like a vet who's chasing the ring like David West did with the Warriors. One, more, You can also split up the full MLE and basically get two players that good. Yeah. There, there's benefits. Uh, listen, I'm not – am I saying this is – am I you sourcing get, this? You can get two no. – uh, two of the vet chasing men's are vet ch- uh, ring chasing vets. Wow. Or you can get Chris Paul in one of them. Yes. Basically. Listen, I, I like I, the latter. I, I'm just trying to bring some positivity <laughs> and you can still trade for somebody else who just like, you don't take on salary in the trade. Oh so, yeah. Like, Zach Levine. <laughs> De- uh, Zach Levine's good. Dennis Schroeder. Um, Maybe Gallo, and then you sign somebody else. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, this again, this is not source. I didn't talk to anybody, and do I even necessarily like full throatedly believe that? No. But is it possible? Yeah, it is. It is possible. It's possible there were more things going on than we thought. It, everyone will be shocked to learn the podcasters yelling toward their computers might not have had the full scope at the time. I know. Shocking news. I wouldn't believe it. That's fair. I, I don't really believe it either. Um, <laughs> uh, I took a break from being negative for just a second. Sports took a break. Rohan, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 
With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions do apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Speaking of weights, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today. And take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Do we have any other cap stuff to talk about? No, nah, I think we can take our uh, can take our cap hats off for right now. Let's take the cap hat. The TLDR, too long, didn't... I guess in a pod it would be T... T- wait, oh my god. TLDL. Yeah, too long, didn't listen. Um... Cap's probably going to stay relatively the same. I don't think there's going to be this big drop that we've seen some people talk. I just, like The league wouldn't function. Um, so teams will figure it out. It's kind of like the schedule. I think teams will figure it out. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like a disaster. I think they're going to avoid disaster. Yes. So that's to sum it up. And and we'll see how that impacts the Bucs. It, it'll, be, it'll be super interesting, of course. But speaking of the Bucs... We got. When's the last time we got honest to goodness like real Bucks news? Like not a rumor, but actual news. Like probably not since the playoffs ended, right? Yeah, I think that's it. I think Marvin Williams retiring was the last. Oh yeah. Oh my god. That right after the loss that that came in. I think we found that out mid pod. I think you told me, and I I just deflated. Oh yeah. It was mid season wrap up. That was just a bad time. Yeah. Um. But so Josh Oppenheimer's back. Um, <laughs> yeah, when did the this, harsh transition? When did this news drop? Like a couple of days. Saturday, ago. Saturday morning ish. Just random. I'm sitting there sipping my morning coffee, and I get a Woj bomb on my phone. The Bucks are hiring Josh Oppenheimer, formerly from 2013 to 2017, and I was like, Yeah, I what? think I, I was, I was, uh, uh, you know, safely going to a pumpkin patch. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was just like, what's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) So at first I was outraged um, because um, friend of the pod, I will say, for sure not a listener, but friend of the pod, Matt Velasquez, tweeted that he was known as Giannis's shot doctor early in his career. And myself and some other people were panicking like, oh, no, anyone who was Giannis's shot doctor should be like banned from the league. (laughs) Just like get him out. Just no way. Matt Velasquez was kind enough to correct me in a very nice way. I'm not definitely not taking a shot at Matt, who is tremendous. He's tremendous. great. If you don't, He's great. If you don't follow Matt, follow Matt. Um, but basically, after Jason Kidd came in, the Kidd regime, and he hung up his banners and did all terrible things, Sean Sweeney ended up working with him more. And it seemed like Matt thought like just kids edict to not shoot was probably a lot more damaging slash impactful than 
any actual change to his mechanics. But anyway, so as soon as Kid got in there, though, it's like Oppenheimer was there under Larry Drew as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oppenheimer was there in Giannis's rookie year, and that that was when he was really his shot doctor. It seems like, and then his shot actually looked good. Yes, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. So Giannis, do you have the numbers? I do not. I can find them. Yeah, um, they were good though. <laughs> they they were good. Uh, I don't have them in front of me either. Super prepared, but basically, Sean Sweeney takes over the, more of the shot doctoring work, I guess. And again, there wasn't much of a shot to doctor because Jason Kidd said, "Don't shoot any threes for 1.5 years." So, probably even more than Sweeney, Kidd still to blame the most for everything bad that's ever happened on planet Earth. But Oppenheimer, it sounds like, was more of a positive influence on Giannis than a negative. And Giannis loves him, of course. Giannis loves everyone. But, uh, but yeah, it sounds like he was actually beneficial to Giannis' shot, which I guess it couldn't hurt. Yeah, so Giannis' his rookie year uh, shot 34.7% from distance. It's still his career high, right? I believe so, yes. So, and then in the 14-15 season, after Jason Kidd took over, it dipped to 15.9%. Wasn't on like like less than one attempt. It was game? on half an attempt per game. Jason Kidd, man. and uh, his rookie season, he shot one and a half per game, and less minutes. Yeah, in he shot one and a half per game in twenty four point six minutes his rookie year, and in fourteen fifteen in thirty one point four minutes per game shot half a three pointer a game. Mm. Jason Kidd, man, Jason Kidd. But but yeah, Oppenheimer seems fun. He seems fine. It's just. It's really curious why. <laughs> That's well, what my question is. My thinking here is that it's just, it's got to be a Giannis decision, right? Yeah, which maybe is actually good. It's yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I've written down here in my notes. It's good because it shows they'll listen to him and that he's willing to say what he wants. But also, like a hundred percent chance, Bud's not fired before the season now, right? Like, this why, order of operations you, wouldn't make sense. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, he just... I, like, you, I don't think you'd bring in a side assistant coach and then... Or maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me like... I didn't think about this angle, just to be clear. If, if Giannis wanted, like, a new coaching staff, why would bringing in Oppenheimer as an assistant be the first move, right? Like, wouldn't That's it fair. be bring in somebody and then Giannis is like, hey... By the way, like this guy, I want in there. I mean, unless maybe it's easier to have the guy in there, but I, I would maybe I won't, I won't say a hundred percent, but I think it's another another piece of evidence that says we probably will have Coach Bud for the next season. Yeah, I think I started to accept that a little bit. <laughs> considering I've accepted, all the good, I'm still not yeah. happy with it, but I've accepted I'm, oh, yeah, it. I'm not happy with it either, but I think I'm accepting it. I just. I think it's good because it's like, oh, Giannis said something. Oh, we'll do that. See, the counter to this is that, okay, if you're the Bucks owner, show, it's like, okay, Giannis, you've asked us a lot. We won't, we can't do everything, but we can bring back Oppenheimer. Yeah, if it's if this was like a compromise, that seems like a pretty. If he was asking for anything significant, and it was bringing in an assistant <laughs> coach, pretty terrible compromise that See, Giannis got. I'm hoping it's not that. <laughs> I. I highly doubt it, man. There's just Giannis has so much leverage right now. He does all the leverage in the world. I mean, you have to imagine pretty much whatever Giannis wants, you're gonna do. If the carrot on the stick for the Bucks org is he puts pen to paper on the supermax, even if he, yeah, even if he's undecided about it, you still have to do everything he says. I think so too. But I mean, imagine like how what more what more powerful motivator 
in like league history. He could get them to men. like sell parts of the real estate development. <laughs> he could get them to have Costas be coach. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> NBA champion. Costas might get the middle, full mid level from the Bucks. You know what? Who knows? Uh, yeah, they might. Championship DNA finally on the team. All three on the same team? Well, that are currently in the NBA. Yeah. Alex he, on the way. Yeah, Alex on the way. He's still playing at Dominican. Or not, so no, no, he's not playing at Dominican. He's overseas. Sorry, yes, he's overseas, yes. He finished up at Dominican, and now he's overseas. So, actually, I wonder, is this going to be the first NBA season coming up that he's draft eligible, or no? No, like probably this, not, right? Is he, like, he's not eligible for this draft. Right, okay, so he could not sign until after the next draft. Correct, because he hasn't completed one post-high school year. I want. They can't fudge him in because of the delayed draft, can they? I doubt. Probably it. not. Probably <laughs> not. Like reclassify or whatever. Probably not. Probably I not do not time. think so because otherwise it would basically be a straight high school to NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And like the not, only the, reason they were able to draft like Thon is because he did like a post grad year at a high school. Technically. So so weird the way some of these things work. It was in Canada, so they just fudge some things, I guess. Yeah, it's the Thon Maker story, um, <laughs> reportedly. Anyway, Allegedly. what were we even? Oh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I don't honestly. Sure. I, I think we covered it. If Giannis is now having his voice, and we got reporting on that too, I think that's. I think that is a good thing. Um, I think there's inherently a little bit of worry about stars taking over teams and like people breathlessly pointing at LeBron and clutch and whatever, which I think is mostly overblown anyway. Um, I but, have some probably other motives behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Some other motives behind that. Um, but I have no issue with that. No, not um, at all. Yeah, honestly, like I, you can, you can do whatever you want, man. He deserves to have some say he's, he's that integral of a player. No, a hundred percent. He's a back-to-back MVP. You can do whatever yeah. he wants. So I think this is actually a nice transition into our next thing, which I wanted to close. Well, we have other stuff too, but with some trade stuff, um, if Giannis is kind of having more of a say in moves, maybe that's good for one particular trade target who famously Instagram lived with him. I informed you of this in the last pod, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who that's one where like, we've seen this in the league over the past few years, like these friendships that players have on various international teams or through, you know, their agencies or shoe companies or whatever it is can often lead to player movement down the line. I mean, Nick like Kalathis in a Bucks uniform inbound. Did you say Nick Kalathis? Yes. <laughs> Take a timeout. Take a timeout. <sighs> timeout with Giannis. Time. Oh, Rohan. I called you Giannis. What a compliment. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Bogdan Bogdanovich, maybe we'll end up a Buck. Who knows? I do think... This makes it like two percent more likely. I think it does too, because you get these friends. Like who? Who are Giannis's like NBA quote unquote friends that we know of? We've got Bogdanovich. We've got Porzingis. Oh, I don't yeah. know. A lot of Atetokounmpo's. Yes, yes, all of them. Probably uh, Bam, because they do have the same agency, although it's like unconfirmed. I think they do have a little bit of a relationship. Uh, yeah, I think they do too. I think like. I don't know if it's as much as a relationship. There's like, there's certainly a sense of unity between the three um, players of the what? Octagon. Well, that and the three players of African descent who were on oh, the All Star yes, team. Yes, yes. So him and Bede and Siakam. Yes, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think Siakam is going to be available for a very long time. 
Embiid, maybe. Not this year. I wouldn't think he'd be available Who in knows? any capacity. But yeah, I think most of those guys we've mentioned, I don't think we see them becoming a buck this offseason. No. Except for Bogdan. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Realistically, what are your thoughts on Bogdan? I think, he's, I think he's good. I think he would be good in Milwaukee. It's just a matter of financials. And if he, it's less than like 19, 18 a year, sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because the only way I think, it's possible is a sign and trade. So, Yeah, he has to want to be a buck, which it seems like he would have a reason to do so. Yeah. I'm so, trying to look up right now. Who is Bogdan Bogdanovich's agent? I don't know. If it's Alex Saratsis, then you're, you're on to something here. Um, No, he's actually a Wasserman guy. Is he? Okay. Yeah, he's got two Wasserman agents. It looks like, oh, wow, the agent who reps him... With Wasserman, uh, Alexander Raskovich reps a lot of guys from um, that particular region. Like just the, the, so many names Eastern European. the itch. Paku. I think Paku is on Ooh, here. Okay. He's a, he's a draft target potentially for Milwaukee. Yeah, he is. But uh, Lucas Smanich on the Spurs. Okay. okay. Um, sp- I'm going to butcher this. Smilajic. Smile. Smilagic. Smilagic, I think. Thank you. Uh, on the Warriors. He's um, not good. Yeah, uh, he's tall. <laughs> most of these guys are not NBA players. Um, most of them. There's a guy draft eligible in 2022 playing. It looks like in Russia right now. But I think yeah, he only reps like four tall. And this is only one of his agents, so who knows what how it actually works. But um, but yeah, he does not share. I, I wonder where this friendship comes from. I don't know how much reporting we have on this, but it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Like I don't know how do most friendships form it's kind of an existential question i guess maybe it's like a european basketball thing it could be yeah especially i wonder if he ever played with tenasis did he play did bogdan play overseas a lot i I swear he played overseas before coming did he or was that he played with with fenerbahce oh did he okay so he might have played with tenasis oh wait now now oh let's i love when we do live research um I'm Googling it now. Either way, though, I mean, there's some sort of relationship, and I do think, he's like... He's 28? Yeah, did you think he was younger? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow, no, yeah, he's not that... Oh, wait, that's a soccer. Um, yeah, no, he's uh, he came over late. He played for a few uh, seasons in Europe. But, like I said, you could certainly do a lot worse than Bogdan Bogdanovich as your guy coming over. And it's nice to see, like, Giannis branch out and have these friendships because, like it or not, this is how you are getting players now. Like this is like the easiest way to form a really good team is to like utilize these relationships. Yeah. It it does not appear that Bogdan played with Thanasis. No. No. Did Thanasis, Thanasis probably never played at uh Fenerbahce. No, he did not. Okay. Yeah, they, they're a they're a good club. A yeah. very good club. <laughs> oh, I wasn't gonna do that to poor Thanasis, but you know, they were playing in Europe at the same time, though. Um, it's certainly possible that they their paths crossed there. I did think it was interesting that yeah, I um, that uh, actually it could have been at um, World Cup events too. Yes, yes, possibly. That's Euro probably most likely. Yeah, probably both guys. But interesting. But yeah, that's one guy. Um, we talked about him a lot. One guy I wanted to talk about, and I'll finally, I'll finally get to. Oh, the I Monta forgot. Ellis thing. Okay, okay. It's not Monta Ellis. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's JJ Redick. Oh. So I quote tweeted today. 
um, Cream City Central shared a Bleacher. Uh, so much, I'm, I'm citing so many things, but Bleacher Report did an article: impact trades NBA contenders can make now. Mm-hmm. And I saw Bucks fans sounding off negatively about this tweet, and I was stunned. Have you seen the tweet? Uh, the trade? I think so. I think so. This is the proposed trade. JJ Redick, who I will remind you quickly, 15 points per game, 45% from the field, 45% from three last season. Still one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Um, tremendous, professional, takes really good care of him, his body, um, yada, yada, yada. The Bucks receive JJ Redick. The Pelicans receive DJ Wilson, Ersan Ilyasova, and the 24th pick in the draft. So the Bucks, the Pacers first, basically. Um, so the Bucks give up. Two guys who aren't going to play. One guy who they would just simply release if they weren't going to trade him. And an okay draft pick for one of the best spot-up shooters in the NBA. Like, I, I kind of thought... NBA history. NBA history. I kind of thought a little bit of an overrated player until I saw some of the Sixers games in the playoffs um, last year they had him where he was like the whole offense at certain points. Like, he is that impactful of a shooter. Missed the playoffs for the first time ever um, this season with the Pelicans because uh, they just were terrible in the bubble. It wasn't really J.J. Reddick's fault. And I think the reason why is, I mean, there's some, like, I don't want to burn our only asset on a non Bledsoe upgrade, sure. I, I don't think it's the only, I don't think it's that good of an asset. So I think if you can get J.J. Reddick without giving up any players you actually like just for that pick, I just think it's too good not to do it. But I think the real reason is like, the first Bucks stint clearly didn't work out. It did not. <laughs> but I think the whole thing is overblown. Like it I is. looked at what everything JJ has said. Everything has changed. Well, everything has changed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like he's going to buy in a lot more this time around. I think. Um, but like I was looking at quotes from 2014. So like he visited Milwaukee with the Clippers the year after, and he was like pretty nice about it. Like he was like, "I wish I played better. Uh, we didn't this- mesh." <laughs> the what? <laughs> This brings me back a couple of years ago. Uh, this wow, I'm dating this. Yeah, a couple oh years ago, I did a deep dive on Twitter uh, about whether the Bucks were going to trade for DeAndre Jordan, oh. uh, because I thought the the pieces were there. This was a while ago. This is when wow. I didn't really know a lot about things and how they worked <laughs> and what was good basketball, uh, evidently. <laughs> so one of the things was JJ Redick on his podcast talking about how he actually like he had nice things to say about Milwaukee and like he uh, how he would play for them in sort of re- that respect. So yeah, that, I mean, that like, exists. The year after he was asked, was it dysfunctional there? And he was like, no, I wouldn't say dysfunctional. We just didn't all mesh, and we, we wish it would have went better. Like, that's pretty kind for how badly it went. Like, pretty kind. Like, it could have said worse. And the reason I was thinking of Monta Ellis, and I tweeted today, retweet if you are a Bucks fan who convinced yourself to believe Monta Ellis was actually quite good, is like, I would probably unceremoniously leave as soon as possible, too, if I was, like, subjected to half a year of Monta Ellis, like J.J. Redick was. I totally get where he was coming from. I do not hold any ill will against him for that. I think for that deal, like, sign me up today. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't think the Pelicans would do that. No, I don't either. Uh, Especially because they want to maybe be good this year again. Like, fake good like they were this past season, but actually be maybe good this season. And uh, I think Stan likes J.J. Redick a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's he's gonna, Yeah, he was with him in Orlando. Oh, uh, yeah. So, right? I'm not just... Yeah, no, he was, he was. Okay. So, 
I don't think he's going to be someone that's available unless it's like a really good price. And who knows? Maybe that's a good price. They get a draft pick out of it. They get um, whatever DJ Wilson is. Uh, <laughs> a prospect. Yeah. He's an intriguing prospect to the New Orleans Pelicans. If the Pelicans need one thing, it's more like big guys who might not be able to play. Yeah. So I don't see them giving up their best shooter <laughs> in terms they, of their actual they... spacing around Zion. Yeah, I mean, they do have a defense problem. Like, if you start Zion and Ingram all year, like, that's just atrocious. And Redick is not helping you there. But I still think, like... His shooting is just... it's invaluable to that offense. Yeah, and, like, again, like, what is their motivation? Like, really, they want Nico Mannion or Jaden McDaniels that badly that they're going to take on two guys the Bucks don't really even want just to give up J.J. Redick and draft somebody at 24? Like, no, I, I don't see it at all. But... I just think that that's what had me thinking about Monte Ellis, though. Yeah, okay. I got real scared when I saw that tweet about how you're going to talk about Monte Ellis on the pod. And we were, like, discussing, uh, what are we going to talk Like, targets. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to deal three years. He's rested. <laughs> oh, my God. Was it, oh, no. It was, who was it that became a Jehovah's Witness? Um, Collison? Yeah, Darren Collison. That's what fellow fellow guy who really ended his career in Indiana. Um, you know what? Here's a take. Bearing at the fifty minute mark. Indiana is not a good place to play, man. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like everyone who's there doesn't want to be there. Nobody's having a good time in Indiana. And this is like you this know, is I from a Milwaukee for... perspective. Yes. Exactly. Like, I feel for the small markets. I really do. Yes. I don't have that much patience for small market mentalities, which I think is this J.J. Redick stuff. Like, just build a bridge and get over it. The guy left. It's, it happens. It's not that big of a deal. Um, he wasn't even that ungracious about it. And even if he was, you hit 45% from deep, post whatever Instagram location title you want, man. Just come come play well, and the rest will be fine. <laughs> but, um, but, like, no one has a good time in Indiana. Everyone's forcing their way out of Indiana. Indiana doesn't pay anybody. Like, careers... Pay driving. Careers keep... Uh, yeah, they paid I mean, for now. Wait till they dump them somewhere in a year or two from now. Um, I, it's weird, though. It's very... Like, that... And they're... They seem like PG a team known for out. being cheap. Uh, what, uh, PGs. Yeah. PG is PG, but... Yeah, I mean, but he started the trend. Oladipo seems like he wants out. Miles Turner... A- apparently maybe once out yeah it's just like something in the something that goes on over there yes not not sitting well doesn't seem like it you know it's weird too because it seemed like they were pretty poised to be good for like the next half decade like they have a lot of good pieces that are not old at all kind of feels like they might just blow it i think oh they're definitely gonna blow it they're gonna blow it worse than the celtics are gonna blow it yeah, I mean, the Celtics at least were one game away from a conference finals. The Pacers have just gotten swept like three years in a row. That's fair. I just wanted and to throw some Celtics hate. Yeah, I know. I know you did. I know you did. Um, what do you think about Gordon Hayward? <laughs> in terms of what? Like acquiring him. What do you think about acquiring Gordon Hayward? Nah. <laughs> I just, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think those two teams would ever make a, a deal like that. Oh, for for Indiana? No, 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 the Bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I think Gordon Hayward is good. Like, he's hurt when he came back, so his numbers from the postseason might, look terrible. Apparently, the reporting is that he's going to opt out, which is wild. So, the um, uh, Bobby Marks had a theory on this. Basically, it would be the same, and it's hilarious that it's two guys on the Celtics, but it would be the same thing as Horford in that, like, you know he has a deal somewhere if he opts out. Yeah. Like, he's not going to, like, blindly test the market. Somebody's got four for 100 for him. I don't know. 
I don't know what team would. I don't either, actually, because there's not many with cap space. And not many that would want Gordon Hayward. That team's remote. Gordon Hayward is good. Gordon Hayward is good. Not for um, four for 100. It's not terrible. It's not great. No, it's not. But that's, I mean, when you're signing an unrestricted free agent, you're not usually going to get a great price. What do you, What has Gordon Hayward shown you in the last three years? I'll give it. Okay, last two years. I'll give him. I'll give him that one. Year. This past season, I, I was saying the same stuff, and friend of the pod, Snotty Drippin, James Hollis, called me out and said, "Go look at his numbers right now this year." And I said, "Fine, I think they stink." And I went and looked closely at the numbers. He's having a pretty damn good year. Like I think eighteen five and five. The three point shots were really falling for him again. Like he'd really put it all together. And then early in the bubble, he hurts his ankle. Early, like the first game of the bubble playoffs, hurts his ankle, and it really just ruins his whole postseason. And I think like between that and then obviously the terrible opening night, his first Celtic game. That's why I, I said think, the last two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's left a bad taste in people's mouth, but like. I think there's ample evidence to believe he'll get like by the time the next season starts because this is like this was not a super serious and like it was like a, a sprained ankle a badly sprained ankle he'll recover fine from that I think he will be again like an eighteen five and five on good efficiency he's already player 31, which is almost he's what he's almost thirty one already yeah I mean again like if he was prime Gordon Hayward at age twenty eight you're gonna get him for a, a lot more than four for a hundred it's just it's the way it goes I just I. In that situation in Boston where you have so many like other creators around him, you're gonna you're gonna see a little bit of inflation in numbers. A little. I you could sell me into them being better off with Gordon Hayward than they are with Kemba Walker. If you had to pick one, you could talk me into it. I I could see that. I uh, I don't know if I could. Yeah, you need a point of attack. Yeah. You need a point of attack handler. Jason Tatum. I don't know. I don't know. We're talking too much Celtics. Um, I I don't think it's feasible for the Bucks. I think he's available, but I don't think he's oh he's definitely not available. to the Bucks. I don't think the Celtics think want good. that salary. Well, you know he's not going to have a good year if he goes to Philly, so that's probably what we should root for. Can Philly even sign him? It'd have to be a sign and trade, or just a trade. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the Celtics can get Horford back. <laughs> sure. God, would that be funny? How funny would that be? That would be that would be top tier comedy. You know what would be the most Philly thing ever is what? if they decide finally like not, I don't want to say finally, but if they say, "Hey, we have to make a decision, Simmons and Embiid," and they make the trade and they get Gordon Hayward in return. <laughs> no, I don't like that because I don't like the thought of either Simmons or Embiid in Boston. Oh yeah, for sure. But That's a little scary. That would just but be hilarious be for Philly. That would be that would be quite hilarious. Like we would we would be sad because Boston would be good, but the thing is Boston's already going to be good. Yeah, no, they're going to be good forever now, which totally stinks. But like as long as they have Tatum, they're going to be at least solid. Yeah, but then Philly will be even more comically bad, which is great, great for the brand. I am always here for that. Um, I want to talk about one other guy. Um, I think it's out to the Discord, and unless you have anybody else, which Go for feel it. free to chime in. Derek White. Ooh, okay. I've always been a Derek White fan. I have too. I think he's good, and I think you're lucky in that the Spurs could not be at a more uncertain place right now. And I think it would make some sense for them if they want to continue to compete to kind of flip some of their older guys. And they need to do something about these young guards. They have too many, and they have like more like Keldon Johnson exists now. I don't know anything about him. Uh, Dejounte Murray, I think, is their best one. I don't yes, think he's moving for sure, and he's already signed. 
Yes. Um, Lonnie Walker seems to be good. Lonnie, yes, Lonnie Walker seems to be good. Derek White was their first like one that sort of popped. And the, his yeah. coming out party was the series against the Nuggets last season. Yes. And he looked really good in that series, despite having pretty pedestrian numbers. Didn't really take the leap you would hope for this year. I mean, per game averages of 20 points, three and a half assists. But his minutes actually went down. He struggled to find a role. He started way less. So he kind of lost his spot. He's due for a payday after this next year. So you could totally see, like, if there's a time to sell on him for the Spurs, it's probably right now. Get an asset. Not as young, which is actually probably good for the Bucks' purposes. Like, he's 26 right now, despite having just played three NBA seasons. So, like, if you're the Spurs, right, and you're trying to leverage now and later, this is probably the guy you move on from. Like, you want the younger players for down the line. You may, like, you probably want LaMarcus Aldridge to stay relevant right now. Um, DeRozan wants out. I know I can't talk to you about DeRozan, but... Um, but Derek White might be in the sweet spot. Did I miss that, that DeRozan wants out? Yeah, it was like rumored. Like, he's not very happy there. That's fair. Poor, I, I always, I always root for yeah, him. Oh, yeah, but, always. Always root um, for him. No, for sure. Great human you're being. You're just not on the Bucks. You no. don't want to root for him. I okay. Don't, okay, see, don't put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Derek White actually did have a better three-point shooting se- season this year, um, although he was a little bit less accurate from two. Per 36, uh, 16 points, five assists, just under five rebounds. I feel like it's definitely a gamble if this is like your premier acquisition. Cause he'll he be, he'll defend. He'd what? He'd, he'll defend. Yeah, he will defend. Um, a good two-way player. I think it could be one of the better, like, big brain gambles the Bucks could make. And I do think Spurs might have some interest in Bledsoe. I think they might too. If they if they decide they're moving on from DeRozan Aldridge. I think it's in their court though. Uh DeRozan has a player option, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he's opting in. He's opting in. Okay. So they... I, I mean it's not been reported, but twenty seven point seven yeah, million. You've got to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would um, opt in if I was DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, I don't care how unhappy you are. Um, they can but, trade me. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly it. So the, the tricky thing is White is still not. So he's on the last year of his rookie deal, so he's only making $3.5 million. So, like, you need to take something back if you're Milwaukee. How do you feel? Like, Patty Mills is probably a little too optimistic. Oh, Rudy that's, Gay? yeah, that's way too much. I don't think you're getting Patty Mills. Rudy Gay? It depends it depends on what San Antonio decides to do. If they decide this is it, then sure. Then I think you can get Rudy Gay. I think you can get Patty Mills. If they're like if they're gonna be classic Spurs and we want to lay, remain a little bit competitive, then I don't think either of those guys are gonna be available. I could see Rudy Gay being available, depending on what else they do. Rudy Gay's been really good for the Spurs. I thought he cooled down a lot. But he's he's um, he hasn't been bad. He's been a I, solid mm. contributor. Uh, down to he only started five games this year after starting fifty one. His minutes were down. His three point shot fell off the, a cliff. Like he, Still he's ten point five rebounds. Yeah, he's making the transition. Yeah, I think he's becoming more washed. I don't know. I think like Bledsoe right now is better than Rudy Gay. I would say. That's fair. I would say that straight true. up. Yep. So like, if you're the Spurs, you want to stay relevant. I I just think Patty's more of a Spurs guy. Like I don't see him leaving anytime soon. No. Um, I guess, I mean, that was true about um, Tony Parker, too, but I, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if Patty Mills retired there. I forgot he played for Charlotte. <laughs> Freaking Charlotte, man. Uh, Team France over there in Charlotte. But, like, Bledsoe for Rudy Gay and Derek White works financially. And if you have to throw in the 24th pick, like, I think I would do that. 
I think I would too. So Bledsoe and twenty four for Derek White and Rudy Gay, and I'm not even that jazzed about Rudy Gay. Like if you're, a, a okay, solid... if you're giving the twenty fourth pick, if you're giving a draft pick, it just you have to get Patty Mills. Really? So you're, you're not taking Rudy Gay for that? No, I think because then what do you? Where's your room to upgrade at the point guard position? Who are you playing? Well, at it's point Derek guard? White. <laughs> Derek White's your point guard now. That's this trade. I mean, that's what you're doing here. That I don't is know the move if you're I like making that. here. I'd rather have him play off ball. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's. I guess. I mean, it's kind of the same position you're in with Bogdan, though, right? Is like instead of getting one cerebral guy to be the point guard, you're kind of relying on like let's just have two guys, three guys, and Chris, Giannis, and Bogdan slash Derek White who can all create and play off of each other. That's fair. That's the gamble you're you're making. That's that's the play. I won't say gamble. That's the play you're making there. Yeah. Okay, maybe you've talked me into it. I, I wouldn't hate it. I think it's like, it's certainly a risk. He's had some injury stuff, but if it works out all of a sudden, like you have the inside track to sign a very good 26 year old player, which we've seen that not work out well for the bucks when they're in that situation before, hopefully they've learned some lessons from the past <sighs> off seasons. Um, but could you imagine if they got him and then signed and traded him somewhere? Yes, I could imagine. I would. Nihilist <laughs> Bucks would have material for three decades. Oh, I could. I could definitely imagine that, which is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, to Nihilus. Um, do you have any, Do you have any other guys though to talk about? I think. I think we've. I think we've reached our quota. Yeah, I just it would. I somehow we're over an hour already. Um, I put Oladipo on my list again, but I don't have anything new. Yeah, everything's sort of the same from when we talked about him previously. Yeah. So. Nothing has um, really yeah, changed. Some... Yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to get traded at this point. I think he is. If the value is that low, I don't think so. I mean, he's gone anyway. Yeah, just, I, I think deadline. I think deadline is more likely. Fair. So they're getting when, him at when some Brian, point. When Brian Windhorst was like, what was it, like Kuzma, Danny Green in a first, and Windhorst was like, too much, too much. Like, come on. Yeah. That's a terrible package. I think that that just shows how low the value is. That's what I'm saying. So like, why it's it's just not worth it for me if I'm Indy. Like, I don't want. I don't even want Kuzma and Tanny Green on my team. What if he just doesn't play? He'll play. He's he, he's refuted it publicly. In fairness to Victor Oladipo, I mean, he's not. He'll play. That's fair. He played in the bubble when he absolutely could not have. That's fair. That's fair. He's showing up. He's not. He's not one of those guys. Not, I don't even mean that it's like a pejorative, but he's gonna play. He's not an Andre Iguodala. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Let's talk about cocktails. Okay, let's do it. We got to everything else, right? I think so. I would hope so. (laughs) We've been Um, here over now. Yeah. So share your take that you got ridiculed for recently. Okay, so I was just talking, and I got – I was saying – it was something about like uh, – it was for for like a – for like a gift thing or something. And I got ridiculed for saying that like a, a spiced rum and Coke, like a Captain Morgan with Coke is a good drink. So that's like, that's a scorching take from whoever ridiculed you. Cause it's a staple. ridiculed is strong. I was but even, even chastised. Like, even chat. Like really? Like, I, I feel like I personally, I'm iffy. I could go either way on a rum and Coke. I had a really bad experience on Admiral Nelson and Coke once. Oh, and I can't go back. Like, threw up in front of my crush at the time bad <laughs> yeah i shouldn't laugh 
Yacked. Yacked. So I think everyone has that one drink that they can't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, I think it's Fireball. Uh, for me, it's Admiral <laughs> Nelson. I just cannot. Don't even, don't, don't, I can't even look at it. Yeah, that's fair. So you, you said you can go either way on it. Yeah, I'm fine with it, but I certainly, like, I wouldn't mock somebody for ordering, or even chastise. It's just, it's, here's the thing. It's, it's good, it's easy. It's just, like, it's a casual drink. I see, like, you know, you're just trying to, like, wind down a night sort of drink. Would you call it your go-to? I don't know what my, I don't know if I would call it a go-to. It's just, like. What what would you call your go-to? That's the thing. I don't really have a go-to. Okay. Oh, we gotta let we gotta let the listeners choose your go-to. Okay. We gotta vote on this or something, or at least give you options. Okay. So what's here? Let's preface. What's your go-to? So I have mine are seasonal. Okay. I have a, a summer months go-to and a winter months. Go- I will mix it up, but like I, I'm not. Yeah, that's like, right. I it, it, it has to fit the season. It's not necessarily thematic, but it you know fits the vibe. Yeah. Well, like I'm saying, like I'll drink my summer drink in the winter, but I just mostly. Follow the rules, as as always with me and everything I do. Summer drink is a gin and tonic, classic. Ooh, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, with lime. I don't know why people ask. Always with lime. There should be no question. Winter drink. I think people will expect old fashioned. Although I feel like I've shared already. I'm not an old fashioned guy. Just whiskey coke, and actually technically whiskey diet coke is what I go to. Okay. Those are my most ordered by far to mix, and then like bloody marys. Like if during the day, if the sun is out. Bloody Mary. But uh, for nighttime drinks, definitely G&T's, gin and tonics, and the whiskey Diet Coke. That's what I'm That's what I'm mainlining. Okay. Okay. See, that's fair. So in the in the summer months, it's you, I feel like I usually go more like, I don't know how to describe it besides bright. Oh, oh, so like summer hummers? Yeah, sort of like that. I, oh. I'm just, I'm weird. I have an insanely high alcohol tolerance. Like, it's not even funny. <laughs> so you're like, just pour Everclear into a glass for my first couple. Honestly, I can, I didn't, like, I've taken, like, seven shots of just straight vodka before and just, oh. like, not felt much. That's that's wild. It's it's not good for my body whatsoever. No, <laughs> it's totally not. not. <laughs> totally not. I think, I, like, I've never fully been drunk because i have such a high tolerance and i feel like i'll die before i get fully drunk i don't know how i feel about that statement i'm feeling so many emotions how so i don't know it's just like part of me is like oh that stinks like it's kind of fun part of me is like i don't know part of it kind of stinks do you get hangovers no oh see they're totally worth it then honestly not no i'd never get hangovers I like it's like obviously health wise probably not ideal. But, oh, it's like, not good at all. <laughs> worst case though, worst case getting buzzed with no hangover. Like there's worse things. It might change as you age though. Yeah, that's fair. I'm still fairly young, so it's. I don't know. It 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 has its give and take. So I can, like, I'll get buzzed, like I'll yeah. get a little tipsy, and but it takes me a bit to get there. And by that see, time, everyone else is just sloshed. See, I feel like that's where I used to be at. And then, like, I, I drink less now because society is a buzzkill. Um, <laughs> but now I feel like sometimes I'll just be casually sipping, whether it's wine. I drink a lot of wine as well, a lot of reds. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is my play there. Uh, you got to have seasonal beverages, especially for the fellas listening, for the younger fellas listening. Class it up. 
have seasonal beverages, have a seasonal wine, a seasonal mixed drink. Yeah, try Just don't, something. Don't be basic. Don't try order something. the same thing every single trip. Expand your horizons. Yeah, expect you got to expand your horizons, broaden the horizons, and you're not gonna like most things at first. You got to dabble a little bit. That's how alcohol works, man. But anyway, you're not gonna like um, anything at first. You just got to try, and you just exactly. got you got you get you just got to keep trying. You got to. You absolutely have to. So or not. That's also a fairly uh, valid option. We should say that. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. that's good to make clear. You absolutely don't have to drink. No, if you don't want to. Nope, um, you really don't. No, my, my advice was to people who do drink, but don't miss, to be clear. To be yes, clear. I used no to pressure. do uh, research on alcohol activity in the brain. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely do not have to. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, the Eurostep supports all responsible, healthy alcohol decisions and some unhealthy ones, but not many. Um, like Rohan me. probably doesn't support that. But no. <laughs> um, What was I saying? You're saying about like you, oh, you're, you're a wine yeah, yeah, person, yeah. red wines. Yeah, I, I haven't really acquired the taste for. Sorry to interrupt. I haven't really no, acquired yeah. a taste for really dark reds yet. You'll get there. It's once again. It's a progression. Yeah, like you I'll, I'll keep. I'll 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 enjoy like a lighter, a lighter wine. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. You just like step by step. Like for like when I started drinking, I was like all reds, apple, ales, and now like I could not. Like it's way Ooh, too you sweet. You gotta for go me. for the. You gotta go for the Stella apple ciders. See, I, I've heard those are tremendous. Those Maybe are I'll good. Have to try one. It is fall right now, after all. But, yeah, it's but the season. They're like, like sold out, though. Yeah, did you ever? Did you ever try a Bud Light apple? I haven't. I tried one. It's pretty good. Is it? Okay, I might have yeah. to check it out. This is, we are in a million town, though. You can't find them. No, I know. But anyway, my point. Yes. Sometimes I'll be like two glasses of red wine in on like a casual, a casual night in the house, of course. Liquor just hits me like a truck <laughs> out of nowhere. I'm just like kind of looking around. You ever catch yourself with like, maybe not because um, Mr. Superhero Alcohol Tolerance over here but it's like it's kind of catch yourself in a vibe and you're like how did I get here that's happening to me like on my couch <laughs> I'm like watching Gilmore Girls I've been watching Gilmore Girls recently I'm like what the, when, did the I get, when did I get drunk when did this happen <laughs> I looked down at my glass it's like mostly empty I'm like, this is my second glass I'm not even done and I'm drunk in college this would be like a, my appetizer to dinner and I'd be like not even feel it so and and the hangovers got worse for sure too so just enjoy don't enjoy it while you can but just be wary i'll say be wary as you age okay i'll keep that in mind it's yeah i don't know i like i, I really gave a, a good glimpse into what i'm doing when there's no basketball on, though. <laughs> hey it sounds relaxing it sounds it like is. a vibe it's a it's a night well spent <laughs> yeah. yeah you who do you, you hate lorelei and rory not big fans not big fans Lorelei's, they're not great characters they're really not like oh I just I don't want to say I feel for Emily and Richard, but it's like come on. <laughs> I, you know what? Let's. I uh, it doesn't fit as a theme. I I want to do. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure out how we can work in more <laughs> Gilmore Girls talk. We're at an hour eleven forty six. We can't right now. Um, but let us know if you're interested in more Gilmore Girls talk because yeah. we have some takes as always. Give me give me some go to drink suggestions because I'll vary. Yeah, um, you're asking me or the listeners, right? You and the listeners. Oh, you. I would say, I, I gotta think on it. I follow. I don't follow. I'm not on TikTok, but my girlfriend follows this, like fancy cocktails page on TikTok. They're okay. nuts. They are nuts. I wouldn't even know how to recommend it. I do want to try martinis. Mm, I've never actually had one. 
like with the olive juice and everything, like suddenly I'm intrigued. So I might try a martini. I'm just turned off. I back. like okay, this is a take. I like black olives. Don't like green olives. I was there, but I changed my mind. I don't think I'm ever gonna get there. I had a bad experience. Oh, so yeah, it's uh, you know what taste versions. I can't eat baby Ruth candy bars. Ooh. I had one with bad peanuts. It ruined my whole week as a child. Oof. Yeah, I had a bad uh I had a bad green olive stuffed with blue cheese and I can't have either oh. now. Oh that's oh that's I can't have that's either. Bad. No. Never. No, I don't blame you at all. So yeah, it was Where are we? I, I don't know. <laughs> You sound like you're two glasses in. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Not until after the bun. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, if you, listeners, you as well, give me some, uh, give me some suggestions for a go-to. Just like, uh, just like a casual. Let's say, what day is it today? Tuesday. Tuesday. As we're recording. Give me like a casual Wednesday night drink. You know what? I do have one for you. Okay, give it. It's actually kind of healthy as far as these things go. Okay. It's gonna sound bad, but bear with me. Vodka water with lime, lime juice. Ooh, okay. It actually kind of works. I was like very skeptical of it. I was like, there doesn't sound like there's enough things that I enjoy in there. I'm not really a vodka guy either, but it actually, it's it's not bad. And again, like no, obviously there's no sugar or whatever. And, I mean, it depends on your lime juice, but uh, actually pretty good. Uh, nice little summer yeah. option. You know what's a, is it a good, a good option? Do you know like a buy bubbles? Like yeah. BAI? That with some vodka, solid. Oh, Rohan's degening it up. I love it. Yeah. That is like one step away from fill up the cup with vodka and then use meal. <laughs> You're knocking on a dangerous door, my friend. In college, we would make what I called fire bottles, which is you get a propel from the convenience store on campus. This is at Oshkosh, but you can do it anywhere. You drink a little bit out of it. You don't want to do too much. Trust me. And then you refill it with Fireball, put it in the freezer. Or not Fireball. Not that to be gross. Uh, Everclear. Fill it, refill it with Everclear, put it in the freezer for a bit because you need it to be cold to get it down. Um, one, fire bo- or one fire bottle, you're probably going to be good for the whole night. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> please only drink in moderation. If you're 21 or older, please oh never, never goodness. drink and drive. <laughs> what on earth? I had to give. I had. I feel like I had to be responsible to end it after giving that that recipe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that recipe is legal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you go to W Oshkosh, you learn some things. That's fair. That's fair. You could say that about most colleges. Yeah, especially in this state. <laughs> yeah, this state. This state is its own its own animal. Yeah, it is. That's it why this is a segment is. on our Bucks podcast. <laughs> Oh, I hope people like these segments. I hope they do too, because this is a lot of fun for us. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, maybe if they don't, we'll just start a separate podcast. Yeah, we could do. We could do. We could do a. Yeah, we could do it that way. Yeah, on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, as of always. Of course, always we, on the Blue Wire Podcast. Why would we want to go anywhere else? We wouldn't. We just wouldn't. Yeah. So I guess if we're doing promos, I guess we can wrap it up here. For this yeah, episode here, I think, here so. I think of the we're Eurostep. safe to say. Yeah, we're over almost an hour sixteen in here. <laughs> so, but we got some good talking. We've got some. We got some league news. We got some, you know, trade targets. Bucks news. Bucks news for once. Yeah, that was fantastic. And then, of course, alcohol segments. With Gilmore girls and some illegal recipes from Ty here. <laughs> so, I think yeah, good place to wrap it up and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. And it is on the aforementioned Blue Wire Podcast Network, which all of you should check out all of the great content across the entire network uh everything's 
fantastic out there. Everyone is, you know, trying their hardest, putting out great content. So make sure you check it out. Uh, tell your friends and family about the show. Leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. I did not mess that up this time. And uh, please stay safe out there. Please wear your mask. Please, you know, uh, be safe. Uh, and we will talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.